Good morning, little family. I'm standing here on a rocky cliff in Negril, Jamaica, getting ready to marry Darren Johnston, our chair, and Janae Williams, his beautiful bride. Welcome to worship this morning. There are so many ways to plug into the life of our community from worship on Sunday or any of the days in the week you might find it on YouTube or in Facebook and also Bible in the Middle and also queer programming and programming for uh, senior adults. We hope you feel at home here and that you'll look at the slides and find a way to connect to this community. Welcome home and let us worship God in our opening hymn.
You may be seated. Let me grab a mic so everybody can hear me. Friends, it's time for the message for all ages, so I'd love to invite the young and young at heart to come up to the stage with me. And for my friends at home, come to the screen. I'm gonna sit today. I see some more young people coming up to the stage. Hello, hello. I'm not going to make assumptions, but welcome onto the stage. So friends, here, level with me. Raise your hand if you've ever forgotten to stop in your day and do something nice for yourself. Mm. Mm, I see some grown-ups weren't being honest. Everybody's hand should be up. <laughs> what about my friends online? Anybody not drinking enough water? Anybody feeling a little dehydrated? Yes, I see nods. I see chats. Well, this summer, friends, our children are participating in our Freedom Camp later. Yes, nap. And they will be doing a visual arts project with our friend from Fort Washington, James Admins, called a Love Toolkit, which is all about the different ways we love our community. But I think there's a step before that. And since not all of us are going to be there later this summer, I thought that today we could do a love jar, which is all about loving ourselves. Because in order to be good for our community, right, we need to be good to ourselves first. Because God wants us to treat ourselves the way that they treat us, which is with love, care, and kindness. So I have some things in my jar that I hope you might do with me today. And these are things that I want to do to take care of myself, okay? see. Oh, this one Rachel taught me. You can hug yourself. Can everyone hug themselves? Mm. Getting good. Yes, friends online, let's hug ourselves. Mm. I love it. Okay, what else? This one my friend Natalie taught me. I can take a really deep breath in. Can we take a deep breath together? And let it out. Mm. So friends, what would you add to your love jar? What's something nice you can do for yourself? Drink mm. water. You can drink more water. Take breaks from the phone or the computer or the screen. Oh, Take screen breaks. Yes. I love that. One more. Have a solo dance party. Ooh. Have a solo dance party. I absolutely love this. And I think I'm going to add some of those to my jar. So friends, whether you're joining us this summer, and in front of me I have some young at heart, so you might not be joining us. But that doesn't mean that you can't go home and make your own love jars, right? Because whether you are four or whether you are 94, we all lead really busy lives, right? And so it's so important for us to stop and give ourselves a little bit of love, give ourselves a little bit of focus each day, okay? So whether it's now or later, I want you to go home, I want you to make a love jar, because I know you can do it. I know you can take time to do at least one kind thing for yourself every single day. You are not too busy for yourself because God is not too busy for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, friends, let's sing See a Humba and go back to our seats. We are marching. 
just take a silent breath and lift up the prayers that you have in your heart or in your community. Lord, in your mercy. And join us in saying the Lord's Prayer as you feel comfortable in the way that you know it. We also have it written in our bulletin. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And now join us in passing the peace. And we can do this remotely, practicing good social distancing and just saying peace. Peace. Peace.
Good morning or good afternoon, Middle Church. Ah, it's so good to be with you. Um, and gosh, I wish I was there in person. I really do. You know, the I love virtual church. Truly, it's it's been a lifesaver for me. But preaching, ah, it's just a different vibe. You know, being in person, getting a little feedback. You know, being in the room. Um, but I'm so grateful. Uh, to be with y'all. It is so hot <laughs> here in Paris. For those who don't know, that's where I'm at. Uh, there ain't no centralized air conditioning. And uh, the only way for me to pull this off is to keep my fan off, to have my windows closed. So if I'm busting out in a sweat like two minutes into this thing, just bear with me. Uh, I'm, I'm doing my best. Um, I'd like to begin today uh, by saying blessings to each and every one of you. Um, I'm praying for you all. I care about you dearly. Um, I can't wait for the day that I get to show up, you know, in person and meet some of you face to face, right? Um, and uh, it's always such a great, such a great privilege to be with you all uh, on Sundays. We will begin today with uh, with a haiku. Uh, a haiku titled, There are poems in the river that'll lead us home. If we must go back, we already know the way. She's been there, done that. That's it. That's the core of the message. No lie, truly. You know, I've only recently described myself as a poet and I still feel rather uncomfortable. Uh, but whenever someone asked me, uh, you know, when did you write, you know, when did you begin uh, to write poetry? And I always say something like this or a version of this. Honestly, one day I looked out into the world and my heart broke. 
and my words broke with it. The debris, the fragments, the, the bits and pieces of words and sentences, uh, all of it became a vessel for confession, an outlet for imagination, a way for me to shift the world around me and, uh, and within me. Hosea 11, what we, what we just heard and read, uh, is that kind of poetry. Even as Robert Frost might say, a poem that begins as a lump in the throat, a sense of wrong, a homesickness, a lovesickness. About, well, you know, it's about a nation going backwards, descending into chaos. The issues in Hosea's time, some 200 years after division and war, information, the people have knowledge, maybe information overload, but just enough knowledge that they don't have to change their hearts. Indifference, they're allowing injustices to go unchecked without concern under a horrific ruler. And intimacy, they're in love with political power and political alliances that's what they that's what they put their trust in they're showing up on sundays too as if everything's gravy sometimes scripture is a little too close to home <laughs> so when i was reading and preparing and studying i i just i just didn't want to keep reading and preparing and studying it was too close to home you know it sounded too familiar but what i appreciated was what was offered in this political atmosphere, right? In this context, a prophet, someone shares a poem. This poem, uh, Hosea 11, is a poem whereby the character of God is talking. It's God talking. It's coming through Hosea or it's coming through someone, right? But it's God as the narrator and God as parent. Most likely, if we're going to stay close to the Hebrew, most likely God as a mother. Now, if you know anything about the story of Hosea, when you think about Hosea, you're probably also going to think of Gomer. How according to Hosea, emphasis, according to Hosea, the dude Hosea, God asked Hosea to send a prophetic message to Israel by marrying a promiscuous woman named Gomer. And Gomer was asked to give birth to children who would be a symbol of a nation. Sin. Gomer then abandoned. Gomer then taken back. Gomer then punished through silence. How the story, as Dr. Will Gaffney puts it, paints a particular familiar traditional image of God, an image of God that has problems. God as a violent, abusive husband, and, and it's at least, at minimum, a reminder of why we have to be honest about the limitations and danger that an image, a metaphor, and language can present. But today our image isn't even about Hosea and Hosea's relationship to Gomer. It's not even about the intimacy that comes through something like marriage. It is the intimacy of God as mother. And because this poem is about God as mother, 
God as mother writing poetry to her child, because it lands within the context of Hosea, it's really hard for me to hear it or to read it without Gomer being in the picture. I, too, believe, taking my cue from womenist scholars, that Gomer is a representation of God. She who loves promiscuously. She who just can't keep it to herself. She who loves wildly and widely, freely and without fetters. God's love is promiscuous. Taking their cue so much that if Gomer mirrors God, maybe God mirrors Gomer too. And that maybe we can't hear God without Gomer. We can't hear one without the other. God in Gomer's whisper or Gomer whispering through the mouth of God. Which is why today for Hosea 11, I'd like to offer an imaginative poetic prose, theopoetic-like, as a reading of Hosea 11. To be clear, Israel is not America or France or some kind of divinely sovereign nation given to be the, I don't know, uh, city on a hill that illuminates the truth to the wider world. Or uh, That's not what I'm trying to do. But, but I'd like to imagine the tenderness of a promiscuous black mother sitting at the kitchen table talking to her black son about the world she birthed. The tenderness of a promiscuous black mama sitting at her kitchen table talking to her black son about the world she birthed. Listen again to Hosea 11. Verse 3. She's got something on her mind. There's butter cornbread at the kitchen table. When her son sits down, he eats. She talks about the nation. Baby, I taught them how to walk. I lifted them up in my arms. I fed them, birthed them. See? Mama shows her son a Polaroid of a river. It could be any river to the boy's eyes, but it looks just like the Red Sea in Egypt. Mama says it birthed everything. Mama says it was the birth canal from where they were born before they fled and after. Mama gets out of her chair, adjusts the, the rabbit ears on the TV, and gives commentary on the latest news. Every court hearing, every vote, every hashtag, every report, every new law, every bomb, every apology, and there's a lump in her throat. Verse 5, son, we're going back to Egypt. I know, I know, I know it's unimaginable, but we're going back to that place in those times with those old chains. Pack a sandwich. She turns on cartoons instead and goes back to the kitchen table and there's a long, 
long silence, horror, gallops, trots into her son's heart. The son asks with his eyes what Nicodemus once asked Jesus in the dark. How is it possible? How can we re-enter our mother's womb? And his eyes ask, are we going back in time, mama? Will you really allow that? Does love start over if it grows backwards? And then mama looks into the sky, looks up into the ceiling, tries to count the stars that are obscured by the wall. She sighs, verse seven. Baby, I'm hurting too. I'm mad as hell, scared. Baby, they talk God, but forgot me. The sword rages, the city and, and political alliances consumes their divisions. Son, they use my name to kill my body. They use my body for religious and political propaganda. She clutches her chest and her heart goes through it, you know, goes through it, all of it, rage, and grief, and compassion, and despair, and love. And she, she thinks about setting it all on fire and no one would blame her. She takes a beat. Something happens in her heart. It begins to change. It begins to throb. It begins to swell as it moves toward her son. And he, that son, finds comfort knowing even the divine feels what he feels. The whole earth feels what, what she feels. Then mama's words break. She changes. She talks directly to her son about what's going on in her, in him. And she leans in. She's crying, of course. Verse 8. How can I? How can I give up on you now? How can I do you like Adma and Zeboim? Those cities scorched with Sodom and Gomorrah, no, I won't. I won't be consumed by wrath. No, I will not. My heart turns within me, kindling my tenderness and heart together. She clears her throat. <clears throat> she counts to three before she before she speaks again. One, two, three, verse 10. I'll come with you. And I will bring you home. Baby, I will roar. <laughs> I will roar and you will tremble like sparrows, like bluebirds. How? How could I ever give up on you? So don't you give up on you neither.
You hear me? Don't you give up on you either. Sometimes, I know you hate to hear it, but sometimes backwards is still forwards. She holds her son's hands and her son feels mama's scars where the change used to be. He feels the calluses from when she first played the tambourine when they, when they danced on the other side of the river. And her son feels her hands and, and feels her heart and her son remembers the most important thing of all. Mama's been there already. She's already been through it. So she must know the way home. She knows the way home. And this, this is the good news. Selah. Middle, beloved, this is some good news. I don't, I don't know how you're feeling today. Living abroad, looking even in across the ocean. Sometimes I don't know what is going on. I do know that there have been days for me, weeks where I have wanted to do anything but anything. I've wanted to hermit and crawl into a hole and there have been times it feels like what I have to say just doesn't matter, isn't moving anything. But I kept hearing this over and over again through the poet, through poetry, through mama's words. God knows the way home. She's already been there. And Egypt is not the same cannot be the same because she was there. She will be there and we won't allow it to be the same either. Can, can you for a second, wherever you are, middle, in the middle community and those tuning in for the first time, can you, can you just imagine with me that we're there? We're standing by the Red Sea. And imagine we're looking down into the Red Sea together, into the past. What, what do you see? Can you see the locusts? Can you see the animals? Can you see the children? But middle, can you also see the chariots and the swords of evil that sank to the bottom? Can you see 400 year long chains rusting? Can you see how there are footprints at the bottom that weren't there before? That's what I see. I see the footprints. I see every footprint and every footprint is a poem. Middle, there are poems in the river that will lead us home. We are those poems. We are walking poetry. And there are poems waiting to be written yet there by you. Love poems from broken and determined hearts, hell-bent on telling the truth against lies. Liberation poems 
for those advocating for more robust and just policies, how, how to stand and courage and walk up into the face of every pharaoh and empire who has that cold and hardened heart, life-giving poems from those consumed not by wrath, but moved by God's promiscuous love. So yeah, what we're doing matters. So yeah, what we're, what we're building is leading us to the other side. And so yeah, yeah, this isn't everything we wanted to hear. But even though it feels like we're going backwards, it must also mean like before, in time, in time, in this time, it'll be our raised fists, our raised staves parting the waters, moving us forward, giving birth to what God demands. Verse 1. Out of Egypt, I have called my son. Out of Egypt, I have called you. I have called you home. Out. Out. Home. May it be so. And thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. family. I am Natalie Runyon and I am here to invite you to join the movement today. I have been a member of Middle Church for 15 years and what brought me to Middle was the gospel music through the gospel choir but I stayed for the message of revolutionary love. Soon after I joined my husband joined Middle Church and then with the birth of our children Dominic and Carlo they became part of the life of Middle Church as members as well. Over the years, we have participated in a variety of activities, including teaching teens Sunday school, uh, participating in revolutionary parenting, attending anti-racism classes, and participating in the young adult group when we were young adults pre-children. Our kids have also been involved in the life of Middle Church uh, since they were born. Currently, our kids are part of the Village Chorus and participate in middle youth activities and kids in the middle. We also have been big financial supporters of Middle Church uh, over the last 15 years as a way of gratitude for the many blessings that our family has, uh, thanks to uh, God. We also have contributed because we believe that we are called uh, by God for revolutionary love. And part of our commitment in demonstrating that is through our giving. We also believe in Middle's advocacy in uh, fighting uh, racism and advocating for environmental justice and LGBTQ equality 
among other causes. We are the ones that we've been waiting for and our financial commitment is a, a reflection of our commitment to revolutionary love. So I would like to invite you to join the movement. You can join by going to middlechurch.org forward slash join. You can also fund this movement. We need you to be in it with us. Uh, to donate, you can go to middlechurch.org forward slash donate or use the QR code on the screen below. We are so grateful that we have the opportunity and we get to participate in the life of Middle Church and have done so for so long. And we hope that you'll join us. Gracious and loving God, thank you for the offering received today. Lord, give us the boldness and the discernment 
to use these gifts for the building of love and freedom and justice in the land wherever it is needed. In the presence of love, we pray. Amen. And now we are already at the closing hymn. I don't know where we went from beginning to end, and we blinked, and here we are. But we're so glad you were with us, and we want to close with a song called The Blessing. How many know the blessing already? Anybody know the blessing? One, two, kind of like a wave. Okay, okay. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy, but we want you to join us. If you would stand as you are able, uh, and we're just going to call on the Spirit. That was such a powerful sermon. I just feel the Spirit moving through here, and this song is an acknowledgement of God always being with us, even though sometimes it may seem like we're going backwards. God is there working it out for us.
It's only gonna happen now, it will never be repeated. I just have to tell you that. This moment will never come again. And so if you don't really jump into the moment, you lose it. It's gone. Just let your heart soar. Let your spirit soar. Let your voice soar. The Lord bless you. sending you love and a blessing as he himself prepares to give you We both give you a blessing for love in your life. Amen? Amen. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs>